I know someone who knows someone who I think has like one of the first flushing toilets in their house. An original crapper? Like, uh, it was like Henry VIII like, did a poo on it or something. Like, And it still works today? I don't think you're supposed to, because my friend went to visit the house and he was like, I really wanted to to use it. I don't know if you're allowed. Oh, hang on. There are so many things wrong with this. First of all, flushing toilets. They're pretty sure they're a 19th century thing, aren't they? Well, I don't know. I'm just relating what I was told. This is is pub logic, right? It's the person who (laughs) knows the most. But apart from anything else, what was a, a Tudor monarch doing? Just going to a normal person's house to poo? No, it's not a normal person's house. I should clarify that. It's obviously some weird mansion in the middle of the counties or something. It's not not just a house. It's not like they've turned up at like Matthews. (laughs) Matthews I mean, the thing is, the king would be welcome at my house. I've got a very clean toilet. So imagine Henry VIII being like that kid in the advert who's like, I'm going to do a poo at Paul's. But just imagine a completely ordinary suburban home and you're visiting your mate there and say, oh, shall I give you the tour? Yeah, please. Well, this is the hallway. This is the, the kitchen. This is the room where the, the dog has his snacks. And, uh, and this is the two-door toilet. Harpsichord as you open it up. And there's this sort of Baroque golden crapper. That would be that would be uh, something special on Come Dine, wouldn't they? Uh, I've looked it up, and uh, toilets are very old. Apparently, there's some evidence to suggest that King Minos of Crete may have had a flushing toilet. No. Well, because all you need is like a bucket of water high up, really, don't you? It must have been a pain wiping his bum because everything he touched turned to gold. No, you're thinking of Midas. Yeah, Minos is the one whose wife had sex with a uh, a bull. Yeah. And then produced the Minotaur. I'd rather have the gold hand, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I, I think the, the, the monstrous bovine hybrid is more believable than the flashing toilet, frankly. Electronic Wireless Show, uh, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast slash plumbing podcast, uh, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week by Mr. DNA. Howdy! And toilet lawyer. I'm on the toilet! <laughs> Crunch! Matthew Castle. You, you may, gentle listener, be able to gather from those names what our theme is this week. <laughs> it's maths. <laughs> and, 
Because this week we're going to be discussing uh, the best dinosaurs and dinosaurs in games. And this is a difficult one for me because actually I don't, I wasn't really, I didn't play the Jurassic Parks or the Turox or I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not really a big dinosaur in games aficionado. Uh, although obviously I do like Jurassic Park. I would be quite satisfied to broaden the discussion to large, mostly reptilian monsters. I bet you would. <laughs> no, we're not broadening the discussion because we spent like the first three minutes of this podcast talking about the history of toilets. The discussion doesn't need to be broadened. <laughs> but however, will we find tangents? Our, our, our problem is the opposite. My instinct would be to start with Nate, but I don't think we should because I feel like Nate will have some sort of half-hour monologue about a game that almost existed but didn't. So I'm going to go to Toilet Lawyer first. Oh, thanks. I can't remember how he talked in the film. Um, but just a, just, a, just a lawyer, wasn't he? Yeah, just a, a nervous lawyer. Um, but he was well on board with the dinosaurs, which is the... The cruel irony of him getting eaten by the T-Rex. Also, it like this is a tangent, but it always baffled me when I was a child that he, when he went and hid in the toilet, he did appear to actually have decided to go to the toilet. Like his pants were around his ankles. Well, I mean, if there was a bloody T-Rex bearing down on you, it would be brown trousers time anyway, wouldn't it? And I think he was just having some decorum. He didn't want to die stained. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I'd like to know more about that guy. I hope I'd like them after they've done the the new Jurassic World films. I'd like them to do a kind of prequel where we really dig into <laughs> that guy. Toilet um, lawyer, toilet lawyer, fallen kingdom, <laughs> <laughs> fallen, fallen trousers. trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> um, well, should I kick it off with some Jurassic, some Jurassic Park? Might as well get out of the way, I suppose. Well, I, I, so I, I was actually, when Nate suggested this topic, I was like, oh yeah, dinosaurs. All games have got dinosaurs in them. But then actually, when I was looking at the dinosaur games, I was I was quite surprised at how few dinosaur games I have played. Um, but Jurassic World Evolution I have played, which mm. was the build-your-own Jurassic World rather than Jurassic Park. Um uh, from Frontier. Did either of you play this? Yeah, I missed it when it first came out, but I actually got really into it about a month ago. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one because, like, it sort of delivers. I guess it's all about like delivering on the promise of the Jurassic theme park that the films never quite do. Um, like if it was run competently, yeah. So, like, if you succeed, the more the better you are at it. The, like the worse the game is at replicating the Jurassic Park film experience, because <laughs> ideally you want it to not go like that. And it, um, you know, it's your basic kind of theme park setup. You, you know, you're building a thing where instead of rides, you're, you're building the dinosaurs. Um, but it tries to kind of create chaos in that there are like three sort of vested interests in in the park, um, and 
who are offering you sort of sub objectives. So there's the kind of like the pure sort of commerce guy. Uh, there's like researching, and then well, he's there's... like a tech bro, isn't he? The commerce one. Yeah, and I think there's like a military guy who wants who's like wants you to use the park as a kind of uh, a place to sort of develop potential like military. What are the military benefits of growing dinosaurs? And <laughs> or something i'm a little hazy on this um well like there might be you know there always is in films isn't there whenever someone's doing anything interesting sciencey there's always a general who's like you know there's an invisible dinosaur we could use that to, to develop stealth tech for soldiers um well yeah like chris pratt's got his legion of lizards hasn't he um, and he goes riding around on his motorbike, ordering them to slaughter people. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and I in think, the film. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, I was going to say, not his character. Just, that's what Chris Pratt does at the weekend. <laughs> but the, yeah, so, you, but, and as you sort of do missions for like these different, these different sort of interests in the park, the other people will feel slighted and it can cause stuff. So, like, people can sabotage the park. So, it basically, the, the, I guess it, it, it you've, you're, you are fighting against your um, who's the who's the large chap, Dennis, um, in Jurassic Dennis Park. Nedry. Nedry, yeah. Uh, Newman, hello, Newman. There are there are like Dennis Nedry esque fiz- uh, figures who are like, you know, they'll turn off all the power to the fences so that all the dinosaurs can escape, or they'll sabotage your power station so that you know you run out of power. Basically a lot of scenarios where the power goes and then <laughs> dinosaurs escape, which is really the only thing that can go wrong in Jurassic Park, I'd argue. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, it's quite a thin management game. So it's it's just really contrived to keep the disasters happening. And the, yeah. mis- the missions are ludicrous. Like the science lady will be like, put three herbivores in an enclosure so we may study them more closely. And then the security guy comes up on the phone and he's like, sell a tip a hammer to a triceratops and make it fight itself. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's always clearly a terrible idea, but you've got to do it. (laughs) The the, the weird thing about Jurassic World also is that People are coming to the park from day one. You know, you open the gates and they come in. But due to the nature of the game, it literally starts off that you only have, like, maybe one enclosure with, like, some herbivore. You know, those little small ones. Go Um, to usually. Yeah. And, like, that's it. And then it's this idea that people are literally flying to a tropical island just Uh, to see that. Oh, hang on, though. Like, if someone was, like we've brought back a dinosaur and you can come and see it. It's only a Gallimimus. I'd still go see it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, but- you, look at, like, you've got to fly to that island. It's so far away. Like that holiday. I mean, it's probably going to cost like five grand. I would not well, I mean, pay. It, where you know, is your sense of wonder? I would not pay five grand to see a Gallimimus. I just wouldn't. I mean, it's just a bald ostrich. You'd combine it with you know, a couple weeks, you'd have to, I'm not saying I would be able to, because I don't have five grand knocking about. But it feels but, like, it feels like a once in a lifetime holiday because it's so expensive. And if you get in there early, you will pun it. Like you are definitely, you know, if you're the kid in the classroom and you're the first kid who's gone to Jurassic World evolution and you see a Gallimimus, and then the kid who goes the next summer holidays is going to get to see a T-Rex. And, 
like I just don't see how that business would ever succeed because everyone would know like the good dinosaurs are coming down the line because they have to grow them. I don't Actually, know. I will say in Matthew's defense, this is set in the same continuity as the film. So this is like 2017 or whatever. And Jurassic Park was a thing in 1993. So like dinosaur cloning is like, you know, as new and impressive as the Sega Mega Drive is today. So in that context, <laughs> going full Disney World to see a fat ostrich would be, would be yeah, a bit much, wouldn't it? I mean, it is, it is also, and I know the film's probably addressed this, it's a, it's a huge hurdle to get over. Like, the idea of come to this theme park, it's the safe version of that place where everyone got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like if you, if there was a guy and he built a theme park and the roller coaster killed everyone, and then he built another theme park, you wouldn't be like, yeah, sure. I imagine he learned his lesson with the first death roller coaster. Well, I mean, it, I, it is the case that the the one thing that I thought was quite good about the uh, Chris Pratt film was that like the reason they built like. The reason they engineered like an invisible killing machine dinosaur monster was because people got bored really quickly of like huge like steam liner sized crocodiles eating car sized you know cows, yeah. and I think that is true, and that would happen yeah, yeah that, was, that was actually quite a tasty bit of satire wasn't it people people get get what they deserve. do you think Jurassic World has like a memorial to all the people who died at Jurassic Park? Do you think there's a museum where you can learn about toilet lawyer? No <laughs> well, what's interesting I'm pretty sure in the law that um oh uh, what's is it Masrani Global the company that yeah, runs it in Jurassic, you know World. Jurassic World oh I bloody love it. I think they bought. Like when John Hammond's company went bankrupt after Jurassic Park went tits up, they basically bought all the assets out of bankruptcy. <laughs> so it's like a dodgy Phoenix business. <laughs> Just like a man buying a collapsed construction equipment reseller and offering discount JCBs. Only the JCBs are made of meat. <laughs> or that guy who buys all the clothes shops when they're about to go bust. The him of I mean, dinos. I don't. I also another tangent. I don't understand why, if you were going to sabotage an island full of dinosaurs so that all the dinosaurs got loose, you would do it while you were on the island. Well, he's not. I don't think that isn't Dennis Nedry's plan. Like he's just trying to get, get himself out, isn't he? He does. I don't think he's doesn't. He does. He's not out to set the dinosaurs free specifically. I thought he was just powering down fences. To aid well, his he escape. was. I know he was stealing some embryos to put to for that other guy. He was doing corporate espionage, mm. but like, I feel like he could have tied, done the timings a bit better. So he anyway. It's not. I'm just saying, if if I was gonna steal some dinosaurs, I'd do it better. <laughs> yes, Alice well, Bell, dinosaur thief. Love that game. Some, yeah, exactly. Someone make that. Have you either of you ever played um to, to go on the other side of of dinos? Have either of you ever played a tour rock? I played no. um yeah, I played two back in the day. By which point I felt like it had got it had already gotten slightly bored of the dinosaur concept and it replaced them with like weird lizard men instead. 
Yeah, see, that's the thing that really bugs me about so many dinosaur games. I was going to use Turok as um, the sort of scapegoat for this, is that if it's like what Alice was saying about the Indominus Rex, like it's like normal dinosaurs aren't exciting enough for people. So there has to be a load of mad sci-fi stuff in as well. And I love mad sci-fi stuff, but you know, it, it, it's, it's like putting ice cream in a burger. It, mm. You know, it, it, it's too, too much in one, one thing. So you can't enjoy either taste. Mm. Mm. And Ark was the, the worst for this. Like, I, I put quite a lot of time into Ark Survival Evolved, not to actually try and convincingly do well at it, because I find that sort of survival game pretty grindy and dull. But I just really like going for long walks with my friend, you know, just waiting to see what would slaughter us. And nice. <laughs> that was really nice back in the day. But I mean, I, I've said all of this in writing about Ark, but it, it does bear repeating. It's very annoying that a game that was lovable despite being really janky, rather than just fix the jank and having something lovely, they just immediately started piling on even more broken DLC full of even more outlandish stuff. So if you play the game today, it, it, there's still completely busted basic features but you can enjoy them across like 900 increasingly terrible like (laughs) neon headache inducing bits of dlc which take place on like asteroids and you know apocalyptic cities and things (laughs) dickens game it's a is it arc you can can you like build a house on top of a dinosaur if i imagine that yeah you can yeah. I mean, good luck getting the bloody planks to stick to each other because the the hit boxes are like, you know, it, the jellyfish being electrocuted, but Yeah, I have like an image of like a giant triceratops with like a like a hut on top. A kind of yeah. Baba Yaga type thing going on. Cool. But without That'd be a good legs. way to live, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would not. Well, it'd be a bit annoying because every time you went to bed. Yeah. It would start like walking around. So, A, you'd get a, a very restless night's sleep. And you've never slept on a boat? I ha- uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I've slept on a cruise liner before, but that's not quite the same thing. Well, if you've got an itchy back as well, I was on a pony once and it got an itchy back. And while I was on it, it just knelt down. And then, like, I had to get off really quickly because it rolled over and then just started, oh like, kicking its legs around. You never see that at the Grand National, do you? No, because no. they gun a shit first. <laughs> first sign of misbehaviour <laughs> is to annihilate it. Before, before it even gets to the scratch. <laughs> Looks up, like, shoot it. <laughs> I've got a fix for that itch. <laughs> I've got a bloody itchy, tricky finger. <laughs> do, 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 do you think that's why it's called that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> It's literally trick everything. <laughs> did I did I tell you to my favourite conspiracy theory about Shergar? No, but please no. do. You know Shergar? Oh, very not well. personally, but yes. For the listeners' benefit, Shergar was um a very successful uh horse um that 
was uh, retired to stud in Ireland after winning those races. And um, probably what happened is that he got kidnapped by the IRA for ransom uh, and they ballsed it up and killed him. Uh, but Shergar was never found, basically. Um, but there was... <laughs> That'd be a good Coen Brothers film pitch. Kind of would, yeah. Oh, really? um, but there was a, there's a conspiracy theory that got told to someone by a very drunk man at, like... The Grand Nasha once, which was that <laughs> Yaga was kidnapped to give the Queen a heart transplant. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the Queen is still going on so strong, because she's got a massive horse heart. She's got a And that's where Shergar went. <laughs> It also explains why the queen rolls around to scratch herself. Yeah. And her she... vast, like, unsightly cavern of a chest. Like, yeah, do you know how big a horse's heart is compared to a human? It's and like she's... a rugby ball. She's like a tiny woman as well. Like, you imagine, really... I just imagine, like, six surgeons, like, sitting on her ribcage as if, <laughs> as if she Gosh. was, like, as if she was a suitcase that you're trying to fit in your, like, your souvenir pinata you'd hear it you'd hear it thumping away during the christmas address wouldn't you it's just so big it'd be like someone's there's a war drum in the background whenever she talks <laughs> the telltale horse hearts <laughs> mm. anyway dinosaurs my husband and i <laughs> i'm looking forward to that episode of the crown <laughs> <sighs> oh god okay yeah um yeah dinosaurs in games i was wondering if you were going to bring up um horizon zero dawn nate or do they not count as dinosaurs they they don't really in fact that's sort of what i said at the beginning if we want to broaden it to things that fulfill the same psychological role as dinosaurs but i'd say they count don't they they are aren't they i thought it was literally like a I thought the, the the kind of cover thing is a is a robot T Rex, or is oh. it? But it's but it's a robot, not an organic. Is that your beef with it, Nate? Yeah, they are. I mean, slight spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn here. They are, um, they're sort of drones, I suppose. Created, you know, like those, um, like deep what's name AIs that make pictures of dogs out of weird spirals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That they're basically uh drones created via a, an iterative sort of natural selection like process by an AI to try and do environmental repair and stuff. And it ends up veering towards because parallel evolution is a thing uh, everyone has been tagging me on twitter about the the bloody misunderstanding that comes up every 10 minutes about everything evolving towards the shape of a crab um it is <laughs> bitter <laughs> oh it is um but it, it yeah like if you have a a certain environment different lineages of creature that evolve and it will gravitate towards certain morphological plans and so the the robos yeah like the the thunderjaw which is the big man himself off of the cover 
um, is morphologically pretty similar to a T-Rex, but it's not a robot T-Rex. It's just a big bipedal. Like It's a stupid name for it as well, because it doesn't have a jaw. Right. Um, but they're kind of quibbles. Anyway, a lot of the things in the game aren't, you know, based off the body plans of dinosaurs even, like the deer and crocodiles and things like that. So actually, it's not the robot dinosaur game. It would be proper, more properly called the robot megafauna game. Wow. I love that's, it, though. That's us, Toll. Was there ever... This is just me being a, a dummy about history and science. Was there ever a time there were dinosaurs and, like, deer and things? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, they did coexist with mammals, but they were just, like, absolute sort of as-to-value sort of, mice. Yeah, like, they're just, like, little rubbish. Okay. Little mouse things, weren't they? Okay. Worth, worthless boys. Um, but you could say that, you know, we coexist with dinosaurs now because, like, if you look at a bird. All right. Well, All right, Dr. Yeah. Alan Grant. Well, no, no I just uh, said, like, if, you, right. if you've ever looked in the eyes of a chicken, <laughs> that, like, like, a chicken at all times is wishing it was still a T Rex so it could eat you. There's a big, big move now um, to, in. Um, taxonomic circles call what we call dinosaurs uh, non-avian dinosaurs e.g. birds aren't just evolved from dinosaurs they are dinosaurs dinosaurs are one of the major extant groups of vertebrates which when you frame it like that it's completely sick um, because a swan or whatever isn't just some sort of pathetic genetic hand-me-down from dinosaurs. It is it, a dinosaur. Yeah, it's just a very specialised dinosaur. A hummingbird's a bloody dino. And that's something, isn't it? Imagine trying to sell that to the folks who've paid to come to your tropical island in Jurassic World. <laughs> and they're like, wait, this is just swans. And you're like, ah, well... <laughs> here's the thing and they're like okay before you explain the thing i have paid five grand (laughs) get there it's just a cockney with a duck on a leash (laughs) it's a dinosaur welcome to jurassic park I'd actually like to see the Jurassic Park with just swans breaking men. Just they get out and they just shatter. I want to see the toilet lawyer have his arm broken like a swan, as they allegedly can do. Oh, Dr. Wu's gone too far and sewn massive hulking arms onto the back of the swans. (laughs) And uh, Jeff Goldblum's like, you shouldn't have done that, mate. Right before he gets his head twisted off like the lid on a bottle of Sprite. <laughs> by swan's arms. Did you see Jeff Goldblum recreated his iconic Dr. Malcolm picture? What, you know, out of like... Where he's reclining with his cleavage out. Oh, yeah. What, what did he make it from? himself he he did it again <laughs> oh i thought you meant it was like a neil buchanan's art attack thing where you <laughs> made it out pasta. Of like, yeah <laughs> pasta and dry beans <laughs> my mate stewart on um uh our minecraft server made a jurassic park like way out in the sticks 
and there was just a train route that led to it. And of course, there is now like Jurassic World DLC for Minecraft, but there's way before all of that. You'd get on this train, it just went through open countryside for about half an hour, and then he'd made these massive dinosaurs out of colored clay. Um, just like in a swamp and stuff and you went on a little scenic tour through them, it was really nice and you rounded the corner and he'd made a massive pixel art rendition of Ian Malcolm <laughs> reclining with his tits out <laughs> it, it, it was a big big laugh uh, anyway uh, video games that was a oh, video was- game, it literally happened in a game yeah but, all right, okay, but dinosaurs in video games. Yeah, we did rather come in through the back door there, didn't we? I, I was struggling to think of video games where you play as dinosaurs. Are there any that you can think of? Because everything seems to be kill the dinosaurs, mm. which is an odd reaction given that, like, again, to constantly come back to Jurassic Park, which I, which I guess is like one of the, the key dinosaur texts of our time. Um, like... Like you know that reaction when they first see them and they're just like, like they just have their mind blown in the car like they see a brontosaurus or whatever and somehow we've gone from that to or like if there are dinosaurs you would murder them like <laughs> which it just doesn't the two world like games worldview of dinosaurs seems very different from like wow what an amazing thing this is it's I there's one I think there's one out this week in early access called Second Extinction. Oh, what utter <laughs> fart gas. Is it, it bad? Is. Well, it just, look, I can tell, I can just tell. I mean, the trailer just seems to be people shooting a T-Rex in the throat with like a minigun. <laughs> well, again, normal T-Rexes, aren't they? I'm actually looking at the Steam page for it now. I had it open earlier and it's just like the dinosaurs are all like massive and red with millions of extra spikes on them. And it's like, it's cool, I guess, you know, the creature design, I actually really like, like mm. fair play to the art team. It's great. But it's got, you know, I mean, if you had like giant wrestlers running around with microwaves for heads and like knives coming out of their hands and stuff, you wouldn't call it a WWE game. So this isn't yeah, a, a actually yeah it'd be amazing I take it all back. Um, that was John Hammond's be... second idea. Jurassic <laughs> 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 Park. It it would be good like a it would work quite well as a sort of asymmetrical multiplayer game to have like you know some players as the the humans and then some as like. A team of velociraptors hiding in the grass. Well, there is such a thing. Um, yeah, and this, this is, I, I was very unfair to Second Extinction there. I haven't seen enough of it to properly judge it, but I think the frustration comes from like, there's a lot of us out there who just really want what Matthew was asking for, which is a really good dinosaur sim, straight laced. Mm. Mm. Now, there are a couple of candidates for that. Um, one of them also gets to what you just mentioned, Alice. It's called um, The Isle. I don't know if you've come across it. Um, but it's, Are you rings bell? Yeah, it's kind of arkish. It's only without all the the um, dinosaur poo. Um, well, I meant bullshit, but that was going to get bleeped out, but I've said it now anyway. <laughs> um, so now 
the, the, the sort of end goal for the game is to have this big island environment where you can either be humans or dinos. And uh, it's a, yeah, it's a survival game, um, relatively massively multiplayer. Uh, but it's been in early access. It's one of those ones that's been in early access for about 40 years. And mm. there's still only dinosaurs in it. But it's quite good. Like I watch quite a lot of people play it on YouTube because it's quite interesting. You just choose a type of dinosaur to be and you gradually ingest things and become larger. And there are AI dinosaurs, but there's also player-controlled dinosaurs. And at night, it is absolutely nerve-wracking. <laughs> Because depending on what you are, you might not have very good night vision. And if you're thirsty, you have to go to the water sources, which, you know, as happens in the old nature, is where big predators go to wait for thirsty animals. So you'll be <laughs> blundering around with barely any eyesight when, oh, some big cruncho just comes staggering out the dark to get you. It's really, It's really good. And there's no... Although that has started to go on the old drift now because there's like, you know, there's like super giga Rexes and things, you know, where normal normal T-Rexes aren't exciting enough. So they have to be like twice as big and green. Mm. Um, but there's also, there's a game called Saurian, uh, which is a mega realistic recreation of um, what it was possibly like in the area of North America um, known as the Hell Creek Formation, which is where we've dug out a lot of the best T-Rex specimens and a lot of the sort of classic big hitter dinosaurs were unearthed there. And this game is just, yeah, being being one of the lads back in the day. Nice. That sounds fun. There's, um, that's just reminded me to saying, you know, like a, a sober, serious dinosaur. There's one of those... Um, Playway style um, simulation things is like Fossil Hunter, and you go and you find dinosaur bones and have to extract them using your tools and get all the mud off them and then carefully chisel them and get you know get them out. That actually yeah. sounds legit. There was a uh, not this PC relevant, but there was a DS game called Spectrobes, which was someone's like attempt to muscle in on sort of p- Pokemon does dinosaurs, and instead of capturing them, you you excavated fossils and then brought the fossils back to life and then made them fight, which is sounds like a very traumatic experience <laughs> for the dinosaur because <laughs> the first you know the last thing you remember is death and then all of a sudden you're or like the meteor coming towards you and the next thing you know some brat has brought you back to life and is making you fight uh yeah it was bad i think like the better you like the more careful you were at excavating them like the better the quality of the thing as well so like if you like nobbled it with a hammer, you know, you'd bring it back to life and it would be all like messed up. <laughs> God. That's so dark. Uh, like, I'm making it sound a lot more interesting than it probably is. Now I want to do this- that, but with wrestlers. <laughs> Poor, like like Frankenstein Frankenstein's monster being been like, you know, you've made a, a horrible dinosaur with like 
you know, uh, two broken ankles. It's just well, like, that's, Father, yes, why? Yes. You chip off its leg when you cutting it out or whatever and then you're like shall i bring it back to life i don't know you do and it's got a unicycle wheel and a red nose <laughs> like the toys that in toy story oh yeah <laughs> frightening beasts but there uh, are, uh, i'll just get a shout in there's a couple more um dino games worth having a look at path of titans is is a new one again Early access Arama. It seems to be the curse of dinosaur games. They can't ever get out of early access. Um, Much like the real dinos. Oh my goodness. They were sort of early access for birds, weren't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> significant feature creep. Um, there should be a mass extinction event for all the janky early access games. Oh, can you imagine? Uh, then there is there's a horror one. Uh, that I've forgotten the name of that looks all right, and another one oh, that's, <laughs> that has that's a lot brilliant. of information. <laughs> that's yeah. useful for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, that, forget about it. I'll, I'll send Alice a list for the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but I have been... There's a couple of dino horror ones coming out. There's another one. I want to say it's called like Last Man Standing or No Legs to Stand On. Or, no, that's uh, the one Matthew was describing. Is it? No. That's a joke because we oh, joked no. about. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there's um, there's always constant rumours that Capcom will one day bring back Dino Crisis in yeah. some block, which was their sort of Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs. I mean, literally, that was you know, it was it was fixed camera angles and pre-rendered backgrounds, and then instead of zombies, it was Velociraptors. I've never actually played a Dino Crisis because, as far as I can remember, they're pretty much limited to PlayStation One. Though I think someone, I think there's like one of those fan projects to kind of bring Dino Crisis One to PC and sort of redo it all up or remake it for PC. The kind of thing that, like, as soon as they finished it, Capcom will just smash it with like the legal hammer. Yeah, I think Capcom have confirmed it's not going to be joining the remake train, unfortunately. Ah, uh, right. Uh, which is a shame because, yeah, I was quite interested in that. But, like, the idea, I think the like the, the fundamental pitch of Velociraptors are really scary. I mean, they are, you know, some people may disagree, but, like, as a child, you know, Jurassic Park definitely sort of me up with the velociraptors you know my when because i remember my parents i was obsessed with jurassic park and my parents went to see it and then they came back they went to see the cinema and they came back and were like you're not allowed to see jurassic park because you are too fragile a boy and it will upset you um and they were absolutely right because when i finally saw it on video we rented it and i thought it was the at the time the scariest thing i'd ever seen it gave me nightmares for ages about t-rex is coming to kill me and but like i don't know when you're a kid and that's what that film's magic you know it 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 had a new scary thing and now you shrug at everything you know nothing's scary now isn't it but that back then like i I had t-rex nightmares for years as well like that scene that's the scene with the where the T-Rex first comes out and nukes the two cars and everything. I mean, that's, that's one of the all-time great. Oh, my God. And I'd, I'd even, I'd read uh, a, um, like, even though I couldn't see the film, I think they got me like a like a graphic novel adaptation of it so I could at least read about Jurassic Park 
because they knew oh, I was obsessed okay. with it. So I, I knew like everything that happened in the film, but when I actually saw it, unbelievably scary. When that Velociraptor, uh, she grabs the arm and then it's just the arm. Oh my God. Or horrible. Or old Sam Jackson. That's very also, I always thought the Velociraptors had amazing self-control that they ate like everything except that perfect arm. Um, but <laughs> I'm probably overthinking it. Well, because he smoked so much in that film. It probably just tasted like ash. What, that, that was t- his... his smoking arm. It's got like I his nicotine fingernails. Yeah, because he was literally smoking the whole time he was on screen. I'm surprised the arm didn't just have a seg wedged in its fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it did, though, didn't it? Cut to a velociraptor behind the power shed turning guiltily to camera <laughs> with a Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what really killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, do you think it is there any more for any more? Should we head down into the old, uh, the old cavern of lies? I'm not going first because I'm pretty sure there'll be dinosaurs in it. Matthew, you could go first. Oh. Uh- What's what's happening? Sorry, I just got distracted by something. I saw my cat jump up on the windowsill. Did you think it was a dinosaur? Leaving that in. <laughs> what did you What did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> this I'm I'm gonna instruct Callum to not cut out any of this disgusting unprofessionalism. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> he thought his cat was a T Rex. Just not been listening to me for like two minutes. The Cavern of Lies. Yes, Matthew. The Cavern of Lies. Uh huh. Right, we're going to do that now. Do you remember okay. that? Oh yeah. I think we do it every week. So can you just? We'll do the camera kind of like just do the sting. Oh right, all right. That's what. All right, I get it. The cavern of lies, which I believe this week is hosted by Nate. No, it's not. It's hosted by me, Pete Postlethwaite. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm such a fan. Yeah, no, rest in peace, genuinely. Also, you're dealing with, sir. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but I hope it's respectful of me to take on his mantle um, (laughs) (laughs) for the Cavern of Lies on the Rock, Paper, Shock and Electronic Wireless show this week. Right. We've been contacted by a cockney in a shed whose duck-on-a-leash scam just isn't drawing in the punters for five grand a ticket anymore. (laughs) So he sent us down into this cavern to capture him a dinosaur. Now, this doesn't even sound like Pete Postlefight. It just sounds like um, Matt Berry. I'm going to abandon the voice. Uh, He sent us down into the cavern, and uh, it's swarming with ridiculous dinosaurs. uh, And it's... You're riding along with Pete in a in a jeep, and it's your job. Um, he, he's going to describe the dinosaurs briefly as you drive past them. Mm-hmm. And you've got to find the one that isn't real for the Cockney. Now, don't ask me why he wants an imaginary dinosaur, um, but you know he's already a, a proven con artist, so so that's the beans. There's going to be six. And uh, one of them is not a real dinosaur. Okay. The others are all real. Okay. So uh, the first dinosaur you uh, you drive past 
It looks a bit like a, a sort of a bloated iguana, really. Um, <laughs> it's it's about one point eight meters long. Um, You're going full top trumps on this, then? Absolutely. Uh, claws it's on a, its feet. It's about one point eight meters <laughs> long. Long tail um, and stripy, mm-hmm. and and Pete steers hard to avoid smashing into it, and says, "That's Quantasaurus." Uh, named after the Australian airline because they flew the bones to the lab to have the dust off them. And the scientists were so grateful, they named it after the airline. Really? Right. How do you know it's... Right, first of all, they surely we can't tell whether what, what colour scales... Oh no! There's often often skin impressions. Admittedly, not in this case, uh, but the model of it I've seen had stripes. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm suspicious because this sounds like a monster from Monster Hunter World. Well, we'll uh, also it's named after an airline. Yeah, that I can believe. I can believe like an airline would be like, "Listen, we'll fly your dinosaur bones for free, but you've got to call it." after us that's how the world works these days imagine if that could have gone very wrong with other airlines could have been the the, no i can't think of anything funny now (laughs) (laughs) god damn it (laughs) (laughs) um uh, well, you mean like like having like having a lingosaurus or something or like a virginsaurus Virginsaurus. Barsaurus, B-A. Tyrannosaurus uh, Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I knew there, there was going to be a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> well, anyway, Quantasaurus has uh, disappeared into the foliage now. Um, we are now tearing across an open plain uh, where we see uh, a group of... Uh, slender, two-legged uh, theropod dinosaurs, a bit like a, um, a bit like your scary men off Jurassic Park, with your, your slicey claws. Only they're they're more um, slim and gentle, uh, and you know, well, not gender. They're they're, they're murder lizards, but um, you know, it, it, it's it seems a little more delicate than a velociraptor and that's because this is bambi raptor um which was indeed named after the orphaned deer off of mm-hmm. disney okay um and yeah it was discovered uh, in the 90s by a uh, a 14 year old called wes linster oh my god wes okay Wesleyan and he and he named it the Bambi Raptor. No, oh, no, that was the scientists. Right. I just thought it was another charming bit of the tale. Oh, um, I don't because there are loads of raptors. There are loads and loads of raptors. I know that. And but Bambi Raptor because it was gen. I don't get the gentle connection. What was gentle yeah, about it? Well, they just called it Bambi Raptor because it was sort of cute. Oh, okay. And and and. Presumably little. Little. I don't know how relevant Bambi was in the 90s. 
Ah, Bambi's rabbit as well. I it like the the thing with the the name. I would believe any of the names is the thing because scientists have terrible senses of humor. Right. When it comes to naming their things, so uh, yeah, could 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 be solid. So next is Arthur Dactylus Conan Doilyi, <laughs> which is uh, flying above us because it's a pterosaur. If this one's uh, real, and I'm happy to go on the record, but if this one's real, whoever named this one is a prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you may have guessed it's named in honour of Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, who, of course, had pterosaurs in his book, The Lost World, uh, later novelized, uh, filmed as the sequel to Jurassic Park, um, starring Pete Puzzlewaite. Uh, but yeah, it uh, was from the early Cretaceous. It was about uh, two people's length across. Um, and... Yeah, we only know about it, um, well, yeah, fairly complete remains, but uh, we don't know what its its um, wings looked like. I, I like the Arthur Conan Doyle connection on this one. This one feels legit to me. Okay. I don't think I don't... Nate has reverse engineered this from the Arthur Conan Doyle fact. I don't know, because he said it's about two persons length across when before he was like, it's about 1.8 metres. And <laughs> and I, I feel like the elaborateness of the connection to The Lost World and Pete Postlethwaite is maybe a... is is to lend it an air of legitimacy. <laughs> Pete leans across from the steering wheel of the Jeep and winks uh, before <laughs> gunning the accelerator. Okay, that's next then. You nearly run over this one. Uh, do you know what an ankylosaur is? Is that the one with the bit, the hard hat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, imagine just like a really fighted up tortoise, basically, Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, with a big fist for a tail. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this one doesn't have the fist for a tail. It's small, quite pathetic, actually. It's called Minmi. Oh. Uh, Why is his name so different to other dinosaur names? Uh, no one knows. What do you mean no one knows? How, what? <laughs> no one knows. It sounds like uh, a Pokemon name. It doesn't sound like a dinosaur at all. Uh, it might, might have been referring to... Because um, it's an Australian dinosaur. Uh, so it might be borrowed, a.k.a. stolen from the local language, um, or it might be derived from uh, a min-min, which is a type of spirit. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's no one's sure because, um, I don't know, the original discoverer is either dead or won't speak. <laughs> Very convenient for you. Mm. So yeah, 
I ha- I hate mm. that it's really coming down to the names for me, but like I feel like you know, the the dinosaurs all sound legit as they're described. You know, you're basically describing any dino. You know, all the dinosaurs are the same, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, they've just got some goof, goofy ass name. Because you could just be like, you know, you know, uh, a snake. It's like one of them, but really big. Well, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very much a name game. This one. Yeah. Um, but oh, watch out! Um, oh, you nearly had your head torn off there because uh, a huge carnivorous dinosaur. Um, well, not that huge, but thirteen feet high. So you wouldn't you wouldn't want to call a, a p- man, would you? Uh, get you? Um, and it, yeah, it's very very imposing. It's like a long, slender. Small T Rex, I guess, with with beefier arms, and uh, it seems, yeah, quite quite a, a formidable beast uh, until you realise its name, which is Gassosaurus. Mm-hmm. And that's the origin be- of this name. Do we know? Uh, it was some Chinese gas company workers. <laughs> no. No. Who dug it up in <laughs> while digging for gas? That's the real origin, isn't it? And, and they no, named that... it after the concept of gas rather than their specific company, like the Quantasaurus. Yeah, they just named it Gasosaurus. Um, I, I think don't maybe know. I don't the, know. Look, I, I once knew a Chinese leasing company called Zoom Lion. When when Chinese industrial firms choose western names they can be quite odd um i don't know what yeah, this firm company was wasn't called. just called gas I'm it assuming. might have been it could have been <laughs> gas isn't, that's gas is a a, a a state it's not <laughs> oh you know like like um the stuff that comes out of bob hoskins finger in that old advert. Well, okay. It sounds like I'm losing my mind, doesn't it? Yes. No. <laughs> I, I thought just to, just to pick up on the dinosaur itself. I thought the T Rexes had small arms for like a reason. I thought that they couldn't have big arms. You said it had beefy arms. I thought it was something like if they had beefy arms, they'd like topple over or they couldn't breathe or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, their arms just atrophied because they didn't need them. Okay. But obviously these ones did, I guess. Press-ups all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's Gassosaurus. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, there's one more if you're ready for it. Yeah. Right. And it smashes into the side of the car, um, sending it sprawling, and you're all rolling around on the grass at the bottom of the cavern. Um with your, your car wrecked and this animal jumps up on the top of it and it's like, um, oh, I suppose not unlike a horse, apart from in almost every way. Uh, <laughs> it's got a head that's like a crash helmet uh, covered in spikes and really thick thighs. Um like with with about five C's, um, it's ripped uh, for 
smashing into stuff. And it looks, a, you know, it's got a sort of a beaky business. It looks almost dragony. And its name is uh, Draco Rex Hogwartsia. Uh. It's also a massive turf. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, a dinosaur related to the well-known Pachycephalosaurus, which I called the Banghead when I was a kid because nice. of its, its thick skull. And it was discovered by some amateur paleontologists who really liked Harry Potter and so called it Dracorex Hogwartsia. Perhaps they did. That one I 100% believe is true. 100%. Well, you're going to have to make your minds up because Pete uh, Postlethwaite only has one tranquilizer dart in his rifle. And you can see all these six creatures. There was Quantasaurus. So surely... Okay, sorry. I was just going to say, like, if if he's only got one dart, which he's going to use on a dinosaur that doesn't exist, surely he needs five darts for the five that do exist. That's right. He's only got five darts. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) He's got to tranquilize the ones that do exist. Um, so you've, you you can use your special ghost-proof gam, jam jar to trap the sixth. Um, okay. It's very All high right. concrete okay. cavern. All right. but well, anyway, okay. they were Quantasaurus, Bambi Raptor, mm-hmm. Arthodactylus Conan Doilii, Minmi, Gassosaurus, <laughs> Dracorex Hogwarts here. And out of those six, you have to identify which one is not a real dinosaur. Well, let's go. Okay. I think we can say that the Draco Rex Hogwarts C whatever it, I think that is a hundred percent real. Yeah, that sounds real. I'd say that's like so Pete, take aim at that. Please. I'm gonna knock that guy out. That's a nice. Nice. I think nice. I, I think I, I think Arthur Colin Doilius or whatever the f it's called is um I think that's that's real. Uh, hang on, I want to... No, because I'm not sure about that one. Oh, all right. Well, we don't have to agree. We can take separate routes on this. Uh, well, no, because... If you pick one and it isn't real, then the game is over, I guess. Yeah, because so, you won't have enough tranquilizers and one of the others will slaughter you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we, so, we've got to come to an agreement. <laughs> I think the Bambi Raptor real and i think well okay okay hang on let's go from the top so quantasaurus named after an australian airline my, my only my only fear with that one is that there is a dinosaur named after an airline and nate has made up a, 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 like an adjacent airline a dinosaur oh no that would be so fruitless I, I wouldn't do that and that's where that's that's like the thought process behind my lies it's like i start with something that's true and then use it as inspiration best lies have a grain of truth mm, but, but i think i think quantasaurus is probably real yeah let's okay i'm all right with that one all right we'll say quantasaurus is a nice nice shoot up nice Nice. Oh, my nice is a wor- my my stings aren't working. I'm trying to. Nice. <gasps> so that one oh, is man. nice, Nate. Yeah, that one was uh, that one was real. Okay, Quantasaurus is real. So we we're left. We've got left. We've got the Bambi Raptor, 
we've got Min Me, we've got Gassosaurus. <laughs> For me, it's it's a, it's a, it's it's a tussle between Min Me and Gassosaurus. And what's and what's the name of the Arthur Conan Doyle one? Arthur Dactylus Conan Doyle. Right. So the reason I don't think that one's real <laughs> is because it's called Arthur Dactylus Conan Doyle. <laughs> Yeah, but the reason sounds good. No, but like that. <laughs> but that's what I mean. The justification for the name is too plausible. But then, it, basically, I'm saying that if he, if Nate had said it was called the Doily Saur or the the Conan Saur or something, the Conosaurus. But the fact that he's just said he's basically said like Tyrannosaurus Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let's let's they, leave that. Let's leave that one. Let's let, let's let's fire a dart at Bambi Raptor. Okay, yeah, I think Bambi Raptor is probably real. Nice. Yes. Totally. Nice. My, I'm so upset. My stings aren't working. Um. Okay, yeah, I can hear him. I'm hearing him. Can you? I can't hear him. I'm just. Spa- I'm sorry. I've just been spamming. Nice. Nice. Um, right. So, so that leaves I, you just with Arthur, Minmi, and Gassosaurus. God. Which one are you? I feel like you're drawn to Gassosaurus as the fake one. I, I'm dra- I am drawn to Gassosaurus as the fake one. <laughs> All right. Let's. Okay, let's throw caution to the wind and shoot Minmi. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nice. Okay. So we're left name that dinosaur has. Gassosaurus. <laughs> so we've got Gassosaurus or Arthur Conan Doyleus. Arthur Dactylus Conan Doyle. <laughs> it's They're too- both charging towards you. You've got to make your, your call. Well, not charging. Arthur Conan, uh, Arthur Dactylus Conan Doyle is swooping towards you, being a pterosaur. It's but uh, my problem with Arthur Dactylus Conan Doyle is that, like, it basically the name does not have any. It's so Arthur Conan Doyle that there is no taxonomic classification within it. <laughs> <coughs> Arthur Dactylus. It's got an Arthur Dactylus in it, <laughs> which means Arthur fingers in Greek. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Alice, you take the shot. Come on, just just pick one. Take the shot. All right, shoot Gassosaurus. Nice. Ah, now are you ready for the twist ending? There's a twist. Is it real as well? Yeah. It is real, but it's not a real dinosaur, because as I was very clear, it's a pterosaur and thus an unrelated flying reptile. So it slaughters you with its needle-sharp beak anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, it, ge- it, it gets Pete, unfortunately, because he has to return to the land of the dead. <laughs> um, and again, I say... <laughs> 
you, you run screaming from the cavern, uh, having learned a valuable lesson about, uh, about what's a real dinosaur. <laughs> I'm such a <laughs> dick. <laughs> I mean, I can't complain. I did it as well. but <laughs> You inspired me. I'm a copycat killer. I can't believe that Arthur Dactylus Conan Doyle is a real thing. That's well, a joke, right? But then also Gassosaurus. Is, is Gassosaurus really just named because they worked for a gasoline company? Genuinely, yes. It's really wow. depressing. Um, there, are, there are several different, all pretty incoherently explained like descriptions of how it came to get its name online. Uh, but the most truthful I could come across uh, was that it was named after the gas extraction company the workers were employed by. Uh... So there you go. Gasosaurus. Mm. Thank you very much for that cavern device. I need a, I need a sting to cleanse me of all that bullshit. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for that. That uh, what would one call that? A a, a safari through uh, fibbing through, country. Yeah, safari through fib country. But uh, well done, Nate. That was very good. It's a good time. Uh, uh, and thank you very much, Lisa, for joining us as we took a safari through dinosaur country. Um, but it now remains for us to to do some recommendations. Uh, is anyone prepped with Rex this week? I am, so I could go first. T Rex, you go first. Yeah, you can't recommend a T Rex. No, T Rex, R E C S, T Rex. Oh, oh, yeah, it's all right, I guess. Some little T Rex. Um, mm. so this week, I am going to recommend uh, that I know I've I've recommended sort of video essays and stuff about pop culture before. Um, this week, I'm going to recommend people look into the uh, lawsuit—the <laughs> lawsuit uh, between two writers of a very specific kind of uh, erotic fiction subgenre, um, which uh, I will link two resources. One is a video essay by uh, Lindsay Ellis called uh, "Into the Omegaverse," and one is an episode of a law podcast. Um, the Omegaverse came out of fan fiction writing um, and it is basically, it came from the supernatural fan, fan fandom first and it's basically humans um, but like with elements of like uh, the now debunked wolf uh, social structure uh, where you have alphas and omegas and I think you have betas as well where, or so like alphas are like the bros that want to have sex all the time and omegas are are like the submissives and uh and it's characterized by really violent horrible sexual encounters but the point is that um one omegaverse fiction writer tried to claim that she sort of basically owned the concept of like heterosexual omegaverse fiction <laughs> And sued sued another woman and DMCA'd all her work 
for copying her and then she got sued back and then it became this really 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 stupid thing but it's really funny because like because they sued each other like these lawyers had to read like thousands and thousands of pages wow <laughs> of like really explicit erotic fiction and like it, the court had to discuss things like estrus rushes and knotting and um uh, and I have no idea when any of that is, but I'm, sh- I'm um, sure it's obscene. Oh, it's I really obscene. you don't yeah. want to. But it's very funny. Um, and the woman purges herself and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's amazing. So I recommend learning about that. <laughs> wow. Uh, Nate, what have you got this week? Well, first of all, for the RPS Fish Tank Build Along... Um, listen, have we done water yet? No. This week, you want to get some water in there, yeah? <laughs> because it's it's going to be time to start stocking soon. You got everything else ready. You've done good. I believe in you. Uh, pro tip, um, when you've put down your substrate, and remember we talked about a sub layer of soil and then sand over it. Wash the sand first so there's not a load of silica residue because that can promote um, diatomic algae blooms. Of so course. wash it first. And then to stop the sand getting disturbed, just put down a ripped up bit of carrier bag onto it before you pour your water on. I've, I've got a question for you, Nate. Yeah. It's, uh, will regular tap water suffice or does it need to be like Evian? Uh so long as your local area is not high in chloramines, uh, most areas have chlorine added to the water supply, you can leave um, tap water standing for a few days for the chlorine to, to dissipate, or you can use a treatment such as Aquasafe. Other brands are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I run a water distiller um, so I can start all my tanks with completely neutral uh, water to which I add various blends of minerals and salts, uh, depending on the exact composition the fish I'm planning on keeping require. Nice. And as for stuff that isn't an aquarium, I never do music, so I'm going to do music uh, this week. What does uh, the stuff... whole concept of music? Yeah, it turns out it's like singing but with machines, <laughs> and it's just really pleasant to listen to. You get sort of tingly. Uh, never never encountered anything like it. Um, <laughs> no, I listen to a lot of um, histrionic, electronic, like, bullshit, which I love, and I've been listening to a band this week called, wait for it, Magic Sword. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's synthtastic. I I love a bit of it. All right, lovely. Uh, Matthew, what have you got for us this week? I'm going to recommend uh, another crime novel. I'm going to recommend Dark Pines by Will Dean. Uh, this is he's an English author, but he writes uh, Swedish crime novels. Uh, he that's, lives in Sweden. That's cheating, surely. No, well, he, he lives. He lives. So I think. I think. I think he's quite legit. He he lives in the hut in the middle of a Swedish forest. Um, so he moved out there and writes this stuff, and it it feels like it feels pretty like legit to me. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, 
you know doesn't doesn't read false uh but he's got a series about a sort of journalist who investigates local murders um she's called tuva moodyson and she is good name yeah good name she's also deaf um and that plays into it so there's a lot of stuff about her being deaf and the sort of deaf experience i guess um and it's a little bit i'd say what it's a little bit twin peaksy um but not obnoxiously so. Like there's some like weird local tradition stuff and um slight kind of otherness to it all. I yeah, um I this Dark Pines is the first one, um, which I'm really enjoying about halfway through it. Um the next one apparently the the thing which I think the whole town is in like the shadow of a giant licorice factory. Um which I think um, has got it got a really fun, like gothic kind of sort of hook to it and i think the second one is is a, is a mystery about this licorice factory which i'm quite is keen it, to get to <laughs> is it literally or metaphorically or both in the shadow of the licorice factory well like yeah it's like well, the way they describe it it sounds a bit willy wonkerish like you've got this small town and the thing that it's famous for is there is a giant licorice factory on the outskirts uh <laughs> <laughs> nice that sounds very good. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for those excellent recommendations. And thank you very much, listener, for being with us this week for episode 113 of the Electronic Wireless Show, the Dinosaur Special. Um, <laughs> thank I've you only just twigged that every week is a special. Yeah, I introduced it quite a while back. but um, I love that. I've just twigged that. Well done. Every episode is special for our lovely listeners. Indeed. Uh so do remember, listener, that we are on uh, Twitter at Rock Paper Shot. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, we're on Facebook, Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, and uh, we have a merch store, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Rock Paper Shotgun. But of course, uh, we are on www.rockpapershotgun.com for all your PC gaming needs. Um, do remember to uh, rate us five stars and review us. It's helpful. People, other people will see it. Tell tell your friends when you post about this amazing podcast. Use the hashtag Fat Blood and hashtag Big Oats. Big Oats. Big Oats. Um, and uh, do remember as well to check out our Discord, um, which we have links for in the show notes as well. Uh, and now all that remains is for us to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Mr. DNA. See you later. It's goodbye for a toilet lawyer. <laughs> <sighs>